You're listening to the Do the Damn Thing podcast with Liz Heron, episode 17. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Do the Damn Thing podcast. My name is Liz Heron, and I am your personal cheerleader, helping you get off your butt and on your way to trying something new, facing your fears, or realizing your dreams. No matter what your damn thing is, whether it's asking for a raise at work, organizing your house, getting out of that toxic relationship, or pursuing your passion project, this show will provide you with real-world, tangible tips and inspiration so you can live the life you deserve. If you're ready to do the damn thing, then you have come to the right place. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's jump in. Hello, hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope you're all doing well. I um, <laughs> I'm still like suffering, <laughs> dealing with, I don't know what we're going to call it. I, I'm still uh, partnered up with this summer cold. So uh, I sound a little bit stuffed up. That is why. But there's so much going on that I'm so crazy excited about. And it's been such a great day and such a great week since last week's show that I wanted to share a little bit with you. So if you follow me on Instagram at Ms. Liz Heron, so M-S-L-I-Z-H-E-R-O-N on Instagram, I am doing something in June called Dare a Day. And so for the month of June, I'm doing something that scares me every single day. And I'm posting about it, kind of going live and and doing some videos as well. So if you don't follow me, you should be following me because clearly it's, you know, it's a good time. (laughs) And um, I'm really kind of curious to see like what I'm going to be doing this month because I have not planned out or plotted out any of the dares. It's just kind of going off of like that day, either like if there's something that's on my schedule or just kind of, you know, kind of figuring out like, oh, what am I really scared of or what's coming up for me today? And so if you don't follow me, you should absolutely follow me and follow along with that. And um, and then let me know, like, what are you doing that's scaring you? Um, I've already heard from some listeners and some followers that it's kind of inspiring them to step out of their box and do something new and scary. And I love that because that is basically my entire mission in life is to just be an example of what's possible and to inspire people to do the damn thing, right? Like get out there and do the damn thing. Hello. That's what the name of the show is. (laughs) Yeah. So what else we have? Oh, my, I have our, our, I'm kind of all over the place. I have the uh, review of the week. So the review of the week this week comes from JoeLoWo78. And they say, interesting and quality show. Great concept. And I thoroughly enjoy the host and her guests. Looking forward to more. Quality content and an easy listen. Liz's voice is super pleasant too. Oh, thank you, JoeLoWo. Uh, I don't know how pleasant my like super stuffed up voices, but I really appreciate that. I don't know about you guys, like for the longest time, I could not listen to my voice and I've gotten a little bit better, but it's, it's always so nice when someone's like, oh, you have such a nice voice. Like I do. (laughs) I don't know. I've never listened to it. Oh, uh, what else is going on? I think that's it. I think those are my two main announcements. Oh, if you haven't left a review for the show, please do so. And you could be featured next week or a week after that, or, you know, you could be featured on the show. How exciting is that? Uh, let's see. So this week I've got a special treat. I'm talking to Carrie Anton, who wrote a book along with her writing partner, Jessica Nordskog. And they wrote this book called Me, Myself and Ideas, The Ultimate Guide to Brainstorming Solo. And I absolutely love this. I was so excited to talk to Carrie. I met her and Jessica at the Alt Summit in March and absolutely love the Alt Summit. It's a summit. It's like a conference for female creative entrepreneurs. And it was 
life-changing. Like it was such a game changer for me. It was, it was five days of just like inspiration and um, sisterhood and just support and just like, just all this amazing energy and creative fuel and inspiration. And I loved every second of it. And one of the things I loved most about it was the people that I met hands down. I met the best, best people that week. And uh, that includes Carrie and Jessica. And when I met them, I think it was like after a workshop or something, we basically just kind of like sat down on some couches and like started chit-chatting. And honestly, I, I don't even know how long we stayed and talked there because it just felt like I was catching up with old friends and I just met them. And it was, I love that feeling when you meet someone and you can talk to them, like you've known them forever and everything just kind of clicks. And that was how it was talking to Carrie and Jessica at Alt Summit. And it totally carried over into our podcast talk as well with, with uh, Carrie. And I love the concept of brainstorming on your own, because I think if you've worked in corporate, if you've worked in any kind of ah, like any group setting, right? If you've done a group project for school, you know about brainstorming in a group and um, brainstorming solo you just kind of think like, oh, is that like, is that daydreaming? <laughs> but their book has so many helpful tips and tricks and like ideas on how to brainstorm solo and like fun mind games that like you don't even realize you're brainstorming. Like you just think that you're having fun and all of a sudden you've got this amazing business idea or this amazing idea for your content, your content calendar or whatever it is. It's so, so good. It really is like chock full and it's so cute. You guys, you have to get this book. It is just adorable to even look through. I'm probably going to post some pictures and stuff on the show's Instagram and in the show notes. So be sure to check those out as well. All right. Well, I'm now going to go take some NyQuil and put myself to bed. <laughs> but I hope you enjoy this episode. And please, please, please follow, review, all that fun stuff. But also let me know if you're doing something super scary this month. I need some ideas, you guys. I'm kind of, I don't, I'm, I think I'm afraid that I'm going to run out of things that scare me, which is ridiculous because I feel like I'm kind of, you know, scared of lots of things. <laughs> but I feel like, what am I going to do? Anyway, if you've got some ideas, let me hear them. If you're doing something cool and scary, I want to hear about it. That's all. I hope you have a great, great week. Enjoy this fantastic episode with Carrie Anton. Hi, Carrie. I'm so excited that you're on the show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So you and I met at Alt Summit in was it March, and I felt like I absolutely like your presentation was so informative and so just like a breath of fresh air. And then to like meet you in person was even more of that. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. That's such lovely feedback. <laughs> so I want to talk about your book um, that I know you're the co-author, right? You and Jessica uh, Nordskog. Correct. I uh, wrote this book called Me, Myself and Ideas. The Let's see. I don't want to get it wrong. So what is it? Me, Myself and, and Ideas. How to... Um, me, myself, you do it. You do it. <laughs> it's me, myself, and ideas, the ultimate guide to brainstorming solo. And I have had a lot of practice saying that, but in the beginning, I would trip over, trip up over it as well. <laughs> well, I love this idea. And I loved your session at Alt Summit because so many times when you think of a brainstorm, you think of a big group. Right. And, and I know myself, like I totally get tripped up on, you know, doing solo stuff. But before we jump into that, I want you to kind of give us a little bit of background on, on yourself and Jessica. And, and I, you guys are the founders of the brainstorming business Wonder and Idea Studio. And so I want to kind of hear about your journey to that, like how you got into the brainstorming business. 
Yeah, so Jessica and I used to work together at American Girl, the doll company. And Jessica was in magazine. Uh, she was a lifestyle editor. And then she later went on to design the toy product. And meanwhile, I was over in the nonfiction book group, um, which does all of the advice and activity type of books. And so I was a book editor for that group. And we all were under the same um, department, I guess you will. So product development is where we all kind of um, like fell under. And our groups would all get together and do brainstorms. So obviously, as a toy company, you know, there's a lot of new products that we have to come up with and themes and ideas and all of that. So we would get together and do brainstorming at American Girl. And we loved it. There were, it was cool because I mean, I've done brainstorming at other corporations that I'd worked at, and it was never as creative. And part of that is because of what the end product is supposed to be. But um, the idea was that we would come in and do, you know, sometimes we would play games. Sometimes we would go on field trips and then come back and do like specific brainstorming. And so it was really good training for kind of what Wonder became. Um, during it all, though, we also were sort of in the process of what do we do after American Girl? I mean, just like every corporation, you want creative control and, you know, you work for somebody, so somebody else has that creative control. So we wanted a little bit more control over our creative destinies and also, you know, layoffs happens and, you know, restructures and things like that. And so we always just wanted sort of a backup plan, if you will. So we would meet and we would go to all different places, kind of like our brainstorming sessions for American Girl. And we would come up with these lists of ideas of you know, businesses to run everything from yoga studios to bakeries to, you know, uh, craft sessions, things like that. And at the end of the day, it wasn't that we didn't have a good business idea, which is often what most people run into. They don't know what to do next. We would just have so many ideas. And then the more we started talking about it, it was like, wait a minute, we're idea people. Like, this is what we love to do. We don't really love the logistics side so much of, you know, with an events company, oh, we're going to have to work on weekends and, you know, be away from our families, work evenings, that kind of thing. Like, eh, that's maybe not what we want to do. But what we really liked was just the creative process. And we found that other people needed that. And so that was really how Wonder came to be. So then when Jessica and I both left American Girls, she left to uh, have a baby. And then she was also doing freelance design on the side when she had time. And then I had left later to become a freelance writer. So design and writing was a really good fit for a lot of projects. And so we just combined all of that. And then we added the brainstorming element in and that's sort of how wonder came to be. I love that. I love, I, I love that you guys are idea people. Cause I find that like, there's, I will have so many ideas and it's like, Oh, right. The executing of all of those, yeah, <laughs> all those other steps. That's a good part of being an idea person. It's like, well, all I have to do is give you the idea and then I can walk away. <laughs> I know, because even as you said yoga studio, there's a part of my brain that's like, yeah, I could totally, that'd be fun. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't even touch my toes. <laughs> and I get thinking, like, we're, it's, you know, I, I watch so many of those TV shows, like the reality shows where somebody comes in and has to make over a small business. And there was, I think, one about hair salons and the hair salon people who like owned it weren't actually hair people. <laughs> they just wanted a hair salon. And it was kind of like, yeah, why are you running that business? You know, and you had no business doing that business. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh my gosh. Well, so I love your book. I read it. Basically, I just devoured it last night and oh, thank you. It's just so creative and I love that you um you address like all the different kind of areas about brainstorming, right? Everything from like like mental stuff, physical stuff, your physical space, like you you guys kind of go through everything, which was awesome and and I found myself physically having to remember like don't get up and implement all of these things. <laughs> like I was like, "Oh yeah, do that. And I was like, not yet, not yet. Finish the book. Right. <laughs> no, we set it up. Um, like we followed the, we wanted it to be similar to, cause like everybody knows group brainstorms. Like you probably did them in school. You did them in, if, if you were in a traditional business setting, you did them there. So we wanted the book to feel familiar in that sense. And so we followed the traditional agenda brain, you know, group brainstorm agenda so that it made sense, right? So at the beginning, it was, you know, getting to know yourself instead of getting to know everybody else in the room. And while you think you should know yourself, you don't always know yourself from a creative standpoint and what works best for you. So yeah, so we really wanted to dig into all of the elements because brainstorming is really just one part of the idea process. There's so many other elements that come in. And like you mentioned that like getting up and wanting to like do the idea as soon as you have it, because you're like, yes, I found the idea. I'm going to jump right into it. And I like to compare that. We call it the sit and simmer. And I like to compare it to a really bad haircut that I had in the nineties um, because it was like, Oh, friends, you know, and you know, I'm going to get my haircut like Jennifer Aniston, even though like, I don't look like Jennifer Aniston. I don't have you know, hair texture like Jennifer Aniston, and I'm going to do it with a completely new stylist. And like, I think I was at a mall and I just like walked in and they're like, walk-ins, welcome, you know? <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm wearing a hat for like, you know, weeks because it's the worst haircut ever. And so had I just maybe sat with that a little bit longer, even just slept on it overnight, maybe I would have gone to my normal stylist and had her tell me like why this would work with your hair and how it would work with like how I actually do my hair, how often I like to do my hair. You know what I mean? So um, that's the same way with an idea. If you jump into it too quickly and start to share it with the world, all of a sudden you feel like I've invested time and energy that I now can't get back. And so I have to keep going with it, even though it may not be the right direction. Well, and I love that you start with icebreakers and the kind of like that getting to know yourself because I, for one, as as social as I am and as extroverted as I am, I loathe icebreakers. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> like I honestly, just reading the book when it got to the icebreakers part and you mentioned my, my favorite slash, you know, most dreaded is the two truths and a lie icebreaker. Ugh. Like even just reading those words, like I broke out into like nervous sweats. Like I was like, oh no, <laughs> am I going to have to do that? You want to hear my worst two truths and a lie story? Yes. So I had done so many of them. I had been an American girl for eight years. And um, I, you know, prior to that, I'd been at other companies. I had done so many two truths and a lie that I was just running out of truths and lies you know like if they had done it as like two lies and a truth I maybe could have done a little bit better here but um I am embarrassed to say this but I, this is who I am so I have a small um uh, birthmark on my lower abdomen that's in the shape of a capital J and that became one of my truths for some reason like why share that but then like what happened was is you say that and then people are like, well, I want to see it. And now I'm like, 
burying my midriff in the middle of a, you know, like, which I have no business doing. My stomach is not like six pack ab style. And here I am like, oh yeah, let me show you my stomach in the middle of a brainstorm session that has like executive vice presidents in the room. Like worst moment ever. And and it's on me because I I just don't think things through sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that one, like in particular, that icebreaker, as soon as somebody says like, okay, we're going to play two truths and a lie. I, I do that like Homer Simpson meme of like, where I just kind of like shrink into the shrubbery. I'm just like, I, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and I have, I've kind of like slowly walked out of rooms as soon as they say it, because I immediately, and I don't know why this is, but like, I, I no longer know anything about my life. Like as soon as they say truth and a lie, I'm like, no. I, I have no idea what's true and what's not. <laughs> like, well, and it's like you want to, you're in this group of people and, and you want it to be interesting. And, and it's all of a sudden like you're on stage, you know, but in improv sort of style. And it's it just, the problem with icebreakers is they do nothing to break the ice. They make everybody feel more awkward and more uncomfortable. And it's really hard to move on after that because, so I start a brainstorm by showing my stomach and now where do you go from that? Exactly. I, I will say I have bonded with other people in those groups by saying, I really hate these. And they're like, me too. I'm like, let's not do this. Like, let's, let's go find a corner. And I feel like group brainstorms would, would benefit from, Hey, who here hates icebreakers? And that's your icebreaker. <laughs> and you just move on because everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Go around and say the one you hate the most. <laughs> Yeah, that would be an awesome icebreaker, you know. Let's do a trust ball before we start off. Oh my this. gosh. Yeah, so I'm so glad you guys started with that. And I'm like, okay, I can get to know myself. Like, that's fine. As long as I don't have to come up with two truths and a lie. Because I... Yeah, and some icebreakers are really meant for switching off the work mode brain and getting into creative brain. Because as most solopreneurs or people who work independently know, you're in constant you know, get work done mode and checking off those tasks. And that's not where creativity and ideas often happen. You're way too focused and you kind of have to broaden your brain. And so our icebreakers are really just fun, creative activities to do to warm up your brain to start ideating. Yes. And I love that you start with like a multiple choice, like almost like one of those like Cosmo quizzes. There is no better way that for me, I, as a freelancer, uh, when I was doing freelance writing, I was all about the distraction. Like, how can I, if there's a project that I don't want to work on, like, give me a quiz because that's going to distract me and allow me to procrastinate for a little bit longer. So I figure I'm not alone in that. So the best way to open a book is with a quiz. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I just, I really do. I just love, love, love this book. And I feel like there's so much in it. Like I, you know, it's like having sat in your session at alt and coming away with it. And like, I, I came away with so much, you know, so many takeaways from that. And I think I even told you, like, I was like passing along my, like my printout to other people. and like, (laughs) (laughs) but I love that your book is just like, you have so many like fun stuff to do, but like, there's so many ways to kind of almost like trick your brain, right. Into being creative, no matter what your process is. Right. And it's, it's really about perspective a lot of times, like if you just change your perspective a little bit. And so that's why you would mention one of the sections that we have in the book is about location, getting away from your desk or your office 
is probably one of the best ways to just kind of turn on the creativity because you're getting away from what you know. You're getting away from what you see on a probably eight hour, if not more, you know, per day basis. And so going for a walk, like we said this at this, or I said that at the session, um, that's one of my favorite ways, like when I'm feeling stuck or just my ideas are feeling stale. If I just go for a walk, even like 10 minutes, there's something about fresh air when mixed with the brain that just produces ideas. And usually when I come home, I'm just writing down a bunch of things like that I had thought of. And it's just because in a sense, you're creating space for yourself. You're getting space from the deadlines and the client emails and all of the tasks for your marketing and that sort of thing. And you're walking away and you can kind of just take in a new a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at things. And that, like I said, can be easily done on a walk, but it's also great to just change up where you're doing your work. Like go to a coffee shop, go to a library, go to somewhere you've never been before. And immediately you're, you're just going to be in a, in that sort of an icebreaker in itself. Like you're in a new setting and you're going to be forced to do things a little differently. And so that's going to change your perspective. Yeah. And I love that you guys even have a, you know, without leaving your house, right? Just going to a different room in your house and doing something different, yeah. right? And and like, I love that you just like, go to the kitchen and try a new recipe or do, you know, like these different things just within your own house is like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I was saying. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to get up and do that right now. I'm like, wait, wait, finish the book. <laughs> Well, part of it is creativity is so often thought of as crafts. And Jessica and I have a big craft background. I mean, that is essentially what we did in American Girl all the time. We were both craft developers. That's the type of content we created. So crafts are sort of our go-to, but we wanted to think sort of beyond that. And really, since I have been out of American Girl, it's been um, over five years now, I believe, I really haven't done as much crafting as I used to. And so now I'm looking for new ways to be creative that can get my brain in that mode without having to sit down and make a project, you know? And so what I, you had mentioned the kitchen and that's such an easy thing. We all have to cook food, you know, most of the time. And so why not be a little bit more creative with it? And there's the cool thing is um, one of the things in the book is um, that was sort of a creative discovery for me during the research for the book was about how constraints actually can force creativity, constraints create creativity more so than abundance. So if you think about, there was a study done on this. So if you think about uh, being given everything you need, well, your brain isn't then forced to be innovative. You have everything. Um, But if you don't have a lot of stuff, then you have to be a little bit more creative about how you're going to come about it. So sometimes having too many things to work with is actually going to set you back. And so by creating some constraints, you'll be more creative. And so a good example of that is in the kitchen. And I like to think about how after I go grocery shopping, I have a full pantry, I have a full refrigerator, but yet I don't know what to make for dinner. Oh yeah. I wind up like ordering out that day. (laughs) Totally. That's the day I order out the most or I make a frozen pizza or something like really stupid, you know, that should be saved for a day when you have nothing. But on those days when you have nothing, it's like, okay, what can I make with peanut butter, crackers, chicken, and, you know, some seasoning salt? I mean, like, so then all of a sudden, I mean, uh, that sounds terrible, actually. But, but you know, all of a sudden are forced to think, I need to eat something. I don't want to leave the house. This is what I have to work with. And, and, and see what happens. You might have a new favorite meal after that. I used to, I think about it like, um, you know, being at the beach when you have like, the entire beach to play with, 
right? It can be like overwhelming, but it's like once you kind of like put a kid like in a sandbox and it's like, this is the area you have to stay in, like, and they get way more creative, right? It's like, I always think about that. Like with my kids at the beach, it's like, what we're bored. What can we do? <laughs> I'm like, you have this entire right. beach, but then we go to the park and then like they sit in the playground, you know, they'll sit in a, a sandbox or something. So I do, I love that idea about constraints kind of equaling or like bringing on creativity. So I think one of the things, right, when I think of brainstorm, you think of a group and, and so many times people who are either solopreneurs or just kind of brainstorming on their own, think that they need a bigger group or they need to kind of crowdsource ideas. And my big thing is always like, you have everything inside you, like you have everything you need inside Mm -hmm. you. And so I, that's why I love this book and I love your message because it really is like, you don't, it's not about anybody else. Like if you I don't think there's any exercise in here that involve anybody else or, you know, kind of that crowdsourcing, which is awesome. But what do you think are um, some of the biggest hurdles that people have when they start solo brainstorming? Well, I think a lot of times people feel overwhelmed that they have to have the big idea, the, you know, million dollar idea, essentially. And really ideas start small. And I at one point compared ideas to babies in that they're um, kind of small and they're cute, but they're also kind of useless <laughs> because at you know at the beginning phase of life they you just look at them right you don't do much with them but if you give them time and nur- uh, nurturing and 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 um, you know just work with them they grow into hopefully good human beings and can be productive yeah. right and ideas are really similar to that in that they're going to start out small but it's what you put into them that is going to lead them to something bigger and something more productive. And sometimes that happens all on its own, hence going back to that sit and simmer phase that I was talking about, where sometimes when you have an idea, you, like you know, like, like I said before, you want to jump right into it and do something with it. But sometimes if you just give it, even though not just a night, but like a week, a couple of weeks of just sort of sitting in your head, giving it some, you know, giving it a little bit of thought when you're in the shower or when you're driving somewhere, you'll start to think, oh, but this might happen or this could happen. And you start kind of questioning it a little bit more. And, oh, shoot, I bet somebody's already doing this or that. And so now your idea has to take a little bit of a different shape. And so it's starting to grow into something bigger. And so that's why I really think that sometimes the you know, we think the brainstorming portion is the most important part, but oftentimes it's the work you do after you have the idea that makes the biggest difference. So that's probably number one. Number two is a lot of people have a lot of ideas. There are other people out there who are idea people. And the question I get asked is, what do I do with all of these ideas? How do I, how do I, how do I work on all of them? And my answer is you probably shouldn't. The, again, again, like the sit and simmer phase will help you decide. I, I think they shake out during that sit and simmer phase because if if I had you come up with ten ideas and then I asked you about those ten ideas tomorrow, you most likely couldn't tell me all ten ideas. You could probably tell me the top three or four. And so right there, you've already created a shakeout. Those top three or four are sticking in your brain for a for a reason. Now these top three or four doesn't mean that they're the top ideas or that these are the ones that are going to go on to be, you know, the million dollar idea, but there's something about them that's sticking with you. And even if one of those ideas is terrible, there's a reason that's sticking with you. And it could be that it's a pain point 
And so you're going to develop something because of that pain point, just like that's how inventions happen, right? We start with a pain point and then we try to fix that problem with an invention. So I would say that, you know, it's great to have a ton of ideas, but don't feel like you have to do something with all of them. So those are kind of my two big ones. I love in the sit and simmer section that you have like that, uh, the checklist again, because I'm, I'm very big on like quizzes and anything that I can like rack up points. (laughs) And so I love that you have, you know, that kind of like checklist, the check-in checklist that like you get points for doing certain sitting and simmering activities. Well, because it's so, like, I'm the, I swear, I'm the most impatient person. Like if you put a character trait on me, my husband, the top thing he would say is impatience, right? Like I have zero patience and as much as I work on it, it never works. So to tell somebody like me to sit with an idea and do nothing is like pure torture, right? So you have to have distractions and that's what that section is all about. I mean, we had yoga, um, yoga poses for creativity and you know what I mean? Like, it's just to try to like, you're almost switching back from like, whereas the icebreaker has helped your brain go from work mode to creativity mode. The, the sit and simmer section helps you go from creativity mode back to work mode. And in doing so, it creates a distraction for you to work on um, thinking about that idea and as an aside, not as like the main focus, like it's fine. Sit and simmer doesn't mean you're supposed to forget about the idea entirely. It's just meant to don't do something with it. Don't go out and buy the URL. Don't go out and hire a logo designer. You know what I mean? Like just give it a couple minutes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I really love that. Um, Let's see. And then I, and like the last part is the the debriefing. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So the debriefing is, um, I kind of compare it to uh, the dating game. This is the point in time when you need to revisit that idea and and make a selection, right? So you have three ideas, which one are you going to go on the date with? And a lot of that means uh, really considering what is this idea going to cost me in money, cost me in time, cost me in energy? What is it going to deliver to me in terms of fulfillment, uh, meeting my goals, uh, taking my business to the next level? So there's really some hard thought that needs to go into that debriefing process. But if you've given yourself enough time during the sit and simmer, this section shouldn't actually be that hard, but we wanted to provide tips and, and some techniques on how to approach the idea, how to approach making the right decision. And honestly, at the end of the day, you may find that even what looked great on paper, when you actually start diving in and working on it, you find this isn't the right idea. Or maybe there was a nugget in that idea that you can take and use something and go in a new direction. But you you essentially have to do something. And I think that's where you kind of come in and sort of like, just do the damn thing, right? Like you just, you can't stay in the sit and simmer phase forever. You essentially need to get out there and do something with it. And so this is, this is meant to kind of, kind of be a guided way of doing so, so that you don't feel sort of like, I have this idea, now where where do I go, you know? So some tips about that. And then also uh, the idea that creativity is all around us all the time, and it's just about welcoming, welcoming it into your life. So we wanted to create some ways to 
have some creative habits just be built into your life so that you don't always have to sit down and do a brainstorming session. You can have good ideas that just drop from the sky out of nowhere, just because you're, again, changing that perspective. You're doing things in different ways. So we wanted people to basically set up an ideal lifestyle, essentially, so that you're always open and welcome, welcoming, welcoming. I can't say that word today. <laughs> two, two new ideas, but also just that this is sort of a lifestyle in a sense that I, ideas, if you think about it, everything we do at the base is an idea. What you decided to eat, what you decided to wear, if you decided to walk into your bedroom versus the bathroom, it, it's all sort of a, an idea at the foundation. Yeah. And I, I love the, the idea of the debriefing because I think sometimes people, I know, and I am guilty of both of these, which is where I have an idea and I immediately want to do all the things, yes. right? Where it's just like, get the URL and like make a little and like do, you know, kind of start making my list. And then there's the other side where it's like, oh, there's too much to do. So I'm just not going to do any of that. Like, I'm just going to sit and think about my idea, but not actually take any action at all <laughs> on it. Yeah. So I like, I love that that the section is kind of broken into really like whittling it down and like, what is the action? What's, you know, what is the next step to take? And without it seeming like it's you having to do all the things. Right. So, well, I, like I said, I love this book and I, I'm so excited to like to try all of the techniques and put everything into practice. Where can we find the book? So the book is available at multiple bookstores like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookstores. It's in the pre-order phase before April 30th, and then it becomes available for purchase after April 30th. So to find all of those, you can go to my website, which is wonderideastudio.com. And if you go under the book section, there are links to all the different places where you can purchase it. Awesome. Okay. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Great. And then where can we find you? Where can we follow along? Yeah. So again, Wonder Idea Studio is our website and uh, it's the same for Facebook and Instagram, just at Wonder Idea Studio. We'd love it if you'd follow us along. And uh, yeah, so we, we try to put a lot of creative content out there. So our our social media isn't just a lot of, well, right now there's a lot of pictures of me, but just <laughs> randomly, but <laughs> post pictures. I'm definitely no influencer or anything like that. So um, I'm like the antithesis of the alt attendee. So I didn't walk away with great pictures. I Instead, know. I walked away with pictures where I was like, ooh, I can't share that. <laughs> so Instead, I try to, we, we try to post a lot of really um, creative, thought-provoking things, but I am just somebody who likes to have fun and laugh. And so a lot of what is posted is has a, a sense of humor to it. Oh, that's awesome. I know I definitely was kicking myself after all because I was like, I really should have had more pictures taken or done more with pictures. I know. I was like, but I really didn't prepare in terms of like my style and makeup and, and, and it was hot there, whereas I'm in Wisconsin. So it was just like my body wasn't, you know, switched over yet to that. So I, I'll have to work with a photographer locally if I need those pictures. I know. I was kind of awe of people who like, were like dressed in their brand colors. Like I was like, Oh, that's yes. such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was lucky if I could get dressed in the morning, I just in know. anything. So yeah, seeing everybody and how put together they were, they, they were, I felt <laughs> I, it, it took me down a couple notches. I have to admit, but yeah, awesome for them. I'm just not that person. <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll inspire our, uh, we'll, to bring our a game next year. <laughs> yes. 
it might be one of my icebreakers. Um, it's something I need to work on as an icebreaker is just creativity around my outfits and, and everything that I'm going to bring to all yeah. next year. <laughs> exactly. Well, Carrie, it was so awesome talking to you. And I am so, so excited about this book and, and everything that uh, you're doing. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I always have a great time talking to you. So this was great. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please subscribe, share with your friends, or leave a review on iTunes. As we grow the show, I would love to hear from you. What damn thing did you accomplish this week? Is there a topic you're dying for me to explore on the show? Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Do The Damn Thing Show and let me know. I can't wait to connect with you and hear all about the action you're taking in your life. In the meantime, get out there and do the damn thing.